Kaya Vineyard and Winery announces its third annual Jeep show, Jeeps in the Vines, on Saturday, April 20th, 2019 from 11 to 5 p.m. at 5400 Town Creek Road in Dahlonega, Georgia. Beautiful Dahlonega, Georgia. Jeep owners, Jeep lovers, families, dogs, they're all welcome to enjoy live music, great food, and unique Jeeps at the third annual Jeep show presented by Kaya Vineyard and Winery. Guests are welcome to shop from specialty vendors, participate in contests and raffles, and explore Kaya's Vineyard through our Jeep Vineyard Trail Ride. For just $25, register your Jeep in the Jeep Show and receive a swag bag with a free t-shirt, a koozie, stemless wine glass, trail ride token, and complimentary parking. Registered Jeeps are asked to arrive at 10 a.m. You don't drive a Jeep? Well, join us as a guest with $5 parking and enjoy in-house barbecue, wine, and beer available to purchase during the show. And Kaya wants your art to make the event shine. Artists and graphic designers of all ages are encouraged to participate in our Jeep Show logo contest. The winning design will be showcased on all event t-shirts. Plus, the contest winner and their three chosen guests will receive a free night stay in a newly renovated cabin at Dahlonega Resort and Vineyard as well as four food tickets for the day of the event. Pretty cool, huh? Please submit contest entries to marketing at kayavineyards.com. That's marketing at kayavineyards.com. That's K-A-Y-A, vineyards.com. Kaya has also partnered with TLC Humane Society to sponsor dog and cat, cat adoptions throughout the event and accept donations. Cash and check donations are welcome, as well as treats, toys, towels, and laundry soap. Last year, over $1,500 was raised to help our furry friends, and multiple loads of goods were driven back to the shelter. Event will be held rain or shine. Vineyard Trail will be canceled or may be canceled if inclement weather occurs. No refunds will be given. And let me tell you, Dahlonega is a beautiful place for those of you that are interested in, in, in going to this event. It's a lot of fun, and it's, it's all day from 11 to 5 p.m. Uh, great food, great music. It's something you don't want to miss. That's at Kaya Vineyard and Winery, and that's 5400 Town Creek Road, Dahlonega, Georgia. You can also visit their website at kayavineyards.com. That's K-A-Y-A vineyards.com. What's going on, everybody? My name is Britt Jones, and you are listening to Throwback, the country music podcast. Be sure you check us out on the web at throwbackcountrymusicpodcast.com. You can also reach me by email on that website. Also, you can check out all the shows we are, we've ever done on that website by just clicking the link that says click here to listen. You can check out all the interviews from last week's show, Joe Nichols, Gene Watson. You can check out Lori Morgan, John Barry, Billy Dean, the Confederate Railroad, Shenandoah, Restless Heart, just to name a few. You can always check out whatever show we've done on that website. Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode. It's all about 1995, the top 50 stars as compiled by the magazine that was popular back then called Country Weekly. And this is a special issue 
edition of the magazine that I got. And it says September 19th, 1995, Country Weekly, special issue, 1995's Top 50 Stars. And so this is going to be a three-part uh, podcast. And what I mean by that is I'm going to do part of it today. Part two comes out next week, and then part three will come out the week after. We're going to be going over each star from that era, from that year, and we'll see if you remember any of them. We'll see if you remember any of their songs, and 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 we're going to go into detail about where they were during that year. And so I'm really excited about it, and I hope you enjoy it as well as I do. Now, the first one we're going to be looking at is Clint Black. Clint Black was one as one of the top 50 stars that year. And I'm going to read an excerpt from this magazine that I think you'll find interesting. So here we go. More than just a maker of great music, it was no surprise that Clint Black was the most played country artist on the radio last year. Let me say that again. He was the most played country artist on the radio last year, which would have been 1994. His first three albums alone, Killing Time, Put Yourself in My Shoes, and The Hard Way, put him in the vanguard of the new country music movement and sold more than 6 million copies in the process. And while he was the Country Music Association's Horizon Award winner his first year out in 1989, by the next year he became the top male vocalist. What sets Clint apart from, man, from many of his colleagues is he is not only a soulful singer, but a prolific songwriter who has written or co-written all of his album cuts to date. Seeking to master every aspect of his career, he has added video directing to the list of his talents. To date, he has directed four videos, including his huge hit, Summer's Coming, from his current album, One Emotion. He says this, I want to be involved in anything that's creative that relates to me. If it's something creative, I'll work 20 hours a day and sleep four hours a night to get it done. He's also willing to put in long hours for his favorite causes as he leads country music's fight against hunger. In 1993, he was the first entertainer to visit Somalia, along with his wife, Lisa Hartman Black, and his current tour is sponsored by Keebler Weedables in conjunction with USA Harvest, which will feed the hungry. He says this, I want to give something back to the community we, we hope to leave a town in some small way better than we, when we found it. To have a po positive impact, not just come in and play our music and go. And that was Clint back in 1995. Now here's some of his stats. He had already won three CMA awards. The Horizon Award, Male Vocalist of the Year in 1990. Uh, and then 1994 Album of the Year. The ACM Awards, he won New Male Artist of the Year in 1989. And he was also the male vocalist of the year. And also, he won album of the year and single of the year. So he was a big breakout star in 1989. Do you, do you know who else was a breakout star that year? Yep, that was Garth Brooks, Travis Tritt, and Alan Jackson. All came out in 1989. They are considered the class of 89. Now, he... Um, the album that was out at this point in 95, One Emotion, had already went gold, selling over 500,000 copies. His platinum albums, as I said earlier, uh, were Killing Time, Put Yourself in My Shoes the Hard Way, and also No Time to Kill. At this point in 95, he had already had nine number one singles. That's nine. That's huge. 20 top tens. Clint was born in uh, Long Branch, New Jersey. 
That's right. New Jersey native. Birthplace or birth date was February 4th, 1962. And he's also a Grand Ole Opry member. Now that's a huge feat in and of itself. He's still married to Lisa Hartman Black, who was also a famous actress. And that's Clint Black for 1995. Pretty interesting, huh? I love reading these stats from these artists that I grew up on in the 90s. The artists that uh, made an impact on radio and an impact on listeners like me back in the 90s. It was a decade that was so unique and it stood out from the other decades, even to this day. Because it was all about the song, the song, and people identified with the artist. That's why a magazine like Country Weekly was so popular on the newsstands. Incredible to think back on some of these artists. And let's see if you remember this guy, Tracy Bird. That's our next artist, Tracy Bird. Check this out. With a Country Music Association Award nomination, a hot new album, New fans won through his appearances on the Reba McIntyre tour and an upcoming benefit fishing tournament. Tracy Bird is flying higher than ever. Tracy's hit, The Keeper of the Stars, is up for Single of the Year honors at the 29th Annual CMA Awards to be broadcast on October 4th. The Tall Texan's latest album, Love Lessons, leaped onto Billboard's Top Country Albums chart in the number six position while his previous release, No Ordinary Man, has reached the million-unit platinum mark and continues to hover near the top of the country album charts. So that, that album, um, No Ordinary, Ordinary Man, had already reached platinum. And when I say platinum, that means over a million. Gold means over 500,000 units sold. And the, the, the reason that's so big is back then, in 1995, and really all of the 90s, Artists that were coming out were selling millions of records. Millions. Albums were going gold and platinum really quick. And the women were hot. The guys were hot. Uh, they were on fire selling, 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 selling out arenas. And uh, I'm telling, telling you, these artists were hot back then. They were, they were hot and on fire. And they were coming through the radio airwaves and just making an impact. And you identified with these artists. You knew who the artist was. You, you knew who uh, sang what song that was coming on the radio. Everyone had a distinctive, unique sound. And Tracy Bird was no exception. He had a very unique sound. And I'm so glad to see him back on the road touring in 2019. Let's keep going. An avid sportsman, Tracy took advantage of an August 16th concert date in Anchorage, Alaska, to get in some Alaska hunting and fishing. Earlier in the summer, Tracy treated his entire band and road crew to three days of fishing in the house barge Chandelier Discovery, boarding the 85-foot vessel at Cypress Cove Marina in Bell Chase, Louisiana, and traveling out to the Chandeliers, a string of islands in the Gulf of Mexico. We'll continue to do these trips if I continue to have these platinum albums, Tracy said. As long as I can afford it, I'll do it. After taking a break from touring long enough to go on a September Caribbean cruise with his wife, the MCA Records artist starts preparing for Tracy Bird's Big Bass Splash Fishing Tournament. The benefit, this fishing tournament benefit for the March of Dimes, 
will take place on Sam Rayburn Lake near Beaumont, Texas, where Tracy is building a new home. Climaxing the two-day event will be a concert at the Beaumont Civic Center, starring Tracy and his East Texas buddies, Tracy Lawrence and Neil McCoy, two other big names from the 90s. Now, uh, yeah, Platinum Album, No Ordinary Man. At the at this point in 95, he had had number, uh, one number one song, and then, of course, uh, Top Tens. He had four at this point. He was still a brand-new artist, uh, signed to MCA Records, I remember seeing Tracy in 1996 in Atlanta at the Atlanta Motor Speedway for an event called Country Fest. And Tracy was uh, promoting, I remember him promoting something about a bass boat that day and fishing. He was talking about it. So he was a, uh, anyway, those type of artists and still stand out to this day. And of course, Keeper of the Stars was a huge wedding song. And I guess it still is. People still have it at their weddings. But the Keeper of the Stars was one of his major hits uh, that he's known for. One of his signature songs, right? As I take a drink of my Starbucks Iced Espresso Vanilla Latte. It's smooth and creamy. All right. Mary Chapin Carpenter. That's another name from the 90s. A huge star in and of herself and here it is she bears her soul for a song let's check out mary chapin and i know a lot of you know who that is because she had one of the biggest hits of the 90s called i feel lucky all right so let's check it out she has gone from being a critic's favorite to a double platinum recording artist who has won four consecutive grammy awards and a trophy case of other accolades so she's a grammy award winner right here in 95 Achieving wide success with highly literate songwriting would be hard to imagine coming from anybody else. But Mary Chapin has never been afraid of a challenge or held back by the premise it's never been done that way before. Long a woman who's willing to plumb her emotional depths and misgivings for the sake of a song, Mary Chapin sings eloquently of life's darker moments and its joys. She's an artist who understands the range of human emotions, love, rejection, loss, gain, and trying to make a sense of it all. Speaking about her latest song collection, Stones in the Road, Mary Chapin offered this insight. This is what she says. I think it's not so much about changing the world, but how your world changes, she said, of the forces that work in her life and in her writing. In the midst of chasing the golden ring, you get backslapped and you start to question your priorities. The further you go, the more you see. And in the end, it all comes down to the basics. Time for yourself, your family, honest relationships, and giving to each other. The time you give is the most precious thing that there is. And for her awards, let's go rewind back to 1992. And 1993, she won Female Vocalist of the Year at the CMAs. For the Academy of Country Music Awards, in 1989, she was the new Female Vocalist of the Year. And in 1992, she won the Female Vocalist of the Year uh, then as well. Grammy Awards, 91, 92, 93, 94, Best Country Vocal Performance. And in 1994, she won Best Album. She was another female that was just red hot at this time. She was selling records and had a huge tour going on. And she was, uh, she had so many great songs. I remember one of her songs that I really loved was called, uh, 
It was Passionate Kisses. That's right. It was off the same album. Um, I think it was called Come On, Come On. And also on that album, it was He Thinks He'll Keep Her. That was a big song. I remember she had a TV special out with her and a few other female artists. That's how big she was. I mean, she was a huge star back in the 90s. Mary Chapin Carpenter. Let's see. Now, that's our other artist. Let's get, let's keep going. Also a big artist that year, as we're still in the seas, is Mark Chestnut, one of my all-time favorite 90s stars and all-time favorite singers. He is a singer-singer, and I just love hearing his traditional classic country sound. Nashville, The Nashville music industry insiders are buzzing about Mark Chestnut's soon-to-be-released album. It's titled Wings. I remember when that came out. And Mark will soar to new heights when the DECA Recording Records album hits the stores October 3rd. Let's check out Oh Mark back in 1995. Continually evolving as an artist, Mark Chestnut utilizes a solid country approach that would please the fans of George Jones, Merle Haggard, and even Elvis Presley, who, marks, who Mark rates as a daily influence on his life. I am still learning every day from him about stage presence, Mark said of the King. He's talking about Elvis. He has so much charisma on stage and off stage. He was constantly putting on a show. A hit maker in his own right, Mark's latest hit song is Down in Tennessee. He should have no trouble gaining gold and platinum status for his fifth MCA DECA release, judging from his past success. Mark's latest album, What a Way to Live, has already gained gold status and is shooting for the million sales mark enjoyed by his first three albums, which have featured six number one songs, including Brother Jukebox, which is my favorite Mark Chestnut song of all time, and the song It Sure is Monday. That was a good song, too. The highlight of Mark's year came with a touching This Is Your Life tribute at the Ryman Auditorium. Family and friends from his Beaumont, Texas hometown joined music business leaders to salute Mark's rise to superstar status. Among the surprises sprung on Mark were the appearances of his mother, some high school buddies, a telegram from Wailing Jennings calling him a great artist and a great friend, that's pretty cool, and a live phone call from his idol, George Jones, who added his congratulations on Mark's special night. It was like God called, Mark noted at the time. All right, so... He had uh, he was the 1993 Horizon Award winner at the CMA Awards. His latest record at this time was "What a Way to Live," which is gold status. And he had already had um, let's see three platinum albums at this time: Too Cold at Home." Oh, that's a good song. "Long Necks" and "Short Stories," and "Almost Goodbye." "Almost Goodbye" was a great song too. I saw Mark a few years ago uh, for an acoustic show. With him and Joe Diffie, they did a, a run of acoustic shows together where they sang their hits, and it was a stripped down. Uh, there was no full band, and I'm telling you, it was one of the best shows because you got to hear the vocals of Mark Chestnut and Joe Diffie just ringing through the auditorium, and it was such an intimate, raw acoustic set uh, setting. And I would give anything to go back and watch that show again. So hopefully when he comes around and he does another acoustic show, I'll go to that. But Mark Chestnut was one of the best singers in 90s country, in my opinion. Uh, he had so many great songs. And just uh, I, I just love that, that sound, that traditional classic country sound. Now, the next artist, we're going to the D's for the top 50 artists of 1995. 
Needs no introduction. He's the pickup man himself, Mr. Joe Diffie, the proud poster boy for the common man. He says this, I've found people like me just as well or better if I'm just being myself. Now, Joe also had a duet with Mary Chapman Carpenter, which was really good on the album. Come on, come on. Let's read about Joe. See if this takes you back any to the 90s. If Merle Haggard's the if Merle Haggard's the poet of the common man, platinum album selling Joe Diffie could be the poster boy. Part of his wide appeal is that he looks like the guy at the next bar stool or the one rotating your tires. His millions of fans have no problem with that. I've found people like me just as well or better if I'm just myself, as I said earlier. If I have a weight problem, fine. If I don't, fine. I'd rather be skinny, but it's a real tough thing. His music is a reflection of his everyman persona, real, accessible, straight country. Pickup Man and John Deere Green are worthy signature songs. I love John Deere Green. That is a definite signature, signature song for Joe. And his aptly titled Full Access special last spring on TNN, which is the Nashville network that we used to have. I missed that. Provided an exclamation point to what he's about. All right. Though he can sing a honky-tonk shuffle or teary ballad with the best, he maintains a sense of humor about himself and his music. Remember the hilarious video for Prop Me Up Beside the Jukebox If I Die. Now, how many of you remember that video? I do. And on a side note, and I've said it before, uh, me and Joe Nichols actually talked about this last week. In the 90s, music videos were such a huge part of an artist. You know, you, you could identify the song with the video. And, and back in the day, CMT played videos nonstop. And it was a big thing for an artist to put out a video for each single that they had. And so when you listen to a certain song on the radio back then, like prop me up beside the jukebox, you immediately thought to the you, you immediately, excuse me, connected that song to the music video that was on CMT or the Nashville Network. So, in other words, these the, the music videos were huge. And I remember Tracy Lawrence coming out with a series of videos that connected uh, that they were connected to each other. And it would uh, after each video, I believe it would say to be continued. Uh, and so you'd wait for the next single to come out in a few months to watch that video to see what the next step was. Uh, Travis Tritt also did that with a few of his songs. So let's keep going about Mr. Joe Diffie. Uh, where am I at? Where am I at? Where am I at? Okay. His first ever holiday album, Mr. Christmas, due September 19th, contains Leroy the Redneck, the Redneck Reindeer, I remember that, whose title alone begs for a companion clip. The fifth single from his platinum-selling Third Rock from the Sun is That Road Not Taken. And Joe's Road finds him headlining 80% of his concert dates. Yeah, he was a headliner, big time. A star or not, Joe manages to lead a relatively normal life. He likes movies, TV, and Mexican food. He loves being a daddy to his four children, Parka, Kara, Tyler, and Drew. He has had his share of heartache and survived and in doing so, learned to be a giver. There's the annual Joe Diffie Charity Golf Classic and the benefit concert he tosses each February for First Steps, a Nashville school program for physically and mentally challenged children. 
Joe's son, Tyler, who has Down syndrome, is the First Steps alumni. He had a gold album at this point, Regular Joe, one of his first records. Platinum album, Honky Tonk Attitude, Third Rock from the Sun. Four number ones by 1995. Twelve top ten hits. Born December 28, 1958, from the beautiful state of Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma. His record label this year was Epic Records. Big record label back in the 90s, by the way. He's also a Grand Ole Opry member, inducted in the year 1993. 1993. So, and for those of you hardcore country fans, you know what it means to be a an Opry member. Not all country artists are an Opry member. Uh, it's a it's a it's a league of their own. If you are invited to be a member, you are uh, among the elite, the best of the best, and only a handful get selected each year to be in the Grand Ole Opry. And our next artist is one as well, Mr. Vince Gill. Vince was a mega star in the 90s. And I'm talking about huge star. I love listening to Vince Gill records. I bought several of them. My favorite Vince Gill record was the album called I Still Believe in You. Now, you'll see how big a star he is when I read off all of his stats. But before that, let's see what Country Weekly said about Vince Gill in 1995. He's just your average award-winning platinum-selling superstar. Vince Gill is repeating as Master of Ceremonies for the Country Music Association Awards on October 5th. Well, he also repeat as Entertainer of the Year. So Vince, I, I want to say 12 years in a row, I could be wrong, but it seems like it was 12 years in a row that he was the host of the CMA Awards. That's one of the night's big questions as Vince is in the top ranked category for Entertainer of the Year, 1995. Check this out. It was with Vince, Reba, Garth, Alan Jackson, and Brooks and Dunn. They were all nominated for Entertainer of the Year that year. The velvet-voiced performer who kiddingly told Country Weekly, I'm just another guy who sings high, is also up for male vocalist honors and the music video of the year for When Love Finds You. Vince's award-winning style attracts fans old and young to his concerts. It's really neat that country music has such a broad demographic, and it's not just for one generation of people anymore. I'm pretty lucky because I have a pretty full scope of ages that come to my show. I think some of the older folks like me because I have a gentleman's haircut, and the kids like me because I play the guitar loud and they have a good time. On a side note, Vince Gill is one of the best guitar players in Nashville today. Vince had a good but exhausting time hosting his third annual golf tournament. The uh, It was called the Vinny. The benefit event at the Golf Club of Tennessee near Nashville raised some $200,000 for the junior golf programs in Tennessee. The Vinny attracted more than 27,000 fans and top names from the world of golf and music, including John Daly, Amy Grant, Tracy Lawrence, John Michael Montgomery, Cleve Francis, Chet Atkins, Billy Dean, Joe Diffie, and Susie Boggess. Between the two days of golf under the summer sun, Vince also managed to stage a two-and-a-half-hour concert at the Starwood Amphitheater. Now, here's some stats on the superstar himself, Vince Gill. This will show you how big a star he was. Listen to his CMA Awards so far until 1995. He won the 1990 Single of the Year, 91, 
1993 Vocal Event of the Year, 91, 92, and 93 Song of the Year, 91, 92, 93, and 94 Male Vocalist of the Year, 93 and 94 Album of the Year, and get this, he was the 1993 and 1994 Entertainer of the Year. Now, you all know that if you win Entertainer of the Year, that's the biggest honor you can get at the awards show. Some of the other people that's won Entertainer of the Year in the past are Reba, Shania Twain, Keith Urban just won it last week at the ACMs, Kenny Chesney, Garth Brooks. So many artists that are huge stars have won Entertainer of the Year. Check this out. For the Academy of Country Music Awards, which is, which is the other big awards show, 1984, he won New Male Vocalist of the Year. 92 and 93, Male Vocalist of the Year. And then 1992, the Song of the Year. And then we had a, another big award show that I loved. It was called the TNN Music City News Country Awards. Now, me and Lori Morgan talked about this a little bit back in October when we talked, uh, when I did an interview with her. Um, and I guess this is kind of, it kind of just evolved into the CMT musical video music awards and all that, what we see today. Uh, but back in the day, TNN, which was the Nashville network, its own network, we had our own award show and it was fan voted. You got to vote, uh, for what you, uh, for the artist that you wanted to win. 1991, he had the single of the year, 92 song of the year, and then 93, he won instrumentalist of the year. Grammy Awards, 1990, 92, and 94, he won the Best Country Vocal Performance for Males. 1991, the Best Vocal Collaboration. 92, Best Country Song. And 93, the Best Country Instrumental Performance. Platinum Albums, When I Call Your Name. Pocket Full of Gold, I Still Believe in You. The Best of Vince Gill, Let There Be Peace on Earth, the Christmas album. And his current album this year in 95 was When Love Finds You. Five number ones, 20 top 10 hits, born in 1957 in Norman, Oklahoma. His label this year was MCA Records. Huge star, mega star, and I, I'm telling you, he was, uh, he just what he was. He, he still is one of my favorite singers to, to, to throw back and to listen to. Um, another big star, now check this out. Now this female artist, like I said earlier, the females in 1995 were red hot. I'm telling you, they had, it was is the first time we in country music history that we saw such a uh, explosion of female artists that were selling just as many records as the men. Faith Hill, a star with a bright future. Now check this out. Faith Hill brings much more to the uh, to the table than a cover girl face. She's got the pops and the toughness to stand in the trenches of country music. Faith's overnight rise to superstardom was not without its scary moments. Now she's a pretty new artist in 1995, y'all. Now check this out. This spring in 95, she unexpectedly found herself as one of country music's most notable hospital patients. She took 75 days off to recover from throat surgery, during which time she said yes to a proposal of marriage from her record producer, Scott Hendricks, uh, the newly crowned head of Capital Nashville. So this is way before Tim McGraw, right? Happiness ever after seems assured for Faith, who turns 28 on September 21st. At an early age, she began singing in the choir of the Star Baptist Church, 
and that's in Mississippi. Probably not the best, but definitely the loudest voice, she said. While her vocal training came from the church, the country came from listening to Patsy Cline, Loretta Lynn, Tammy Wynette, and Elvis Presley. And her unusual name? You see, I was adopted and my parents believed they would find a little girl, she explained. They felt with the faith they had, their dreams would come true. She's living her own dreams now, and that includes the August 29th release of the aptly titled It Matters to Me album. I love that album. One of my favorite albums by her. Faith Hill, new female vocalist of the year in 1993. She already had a platinum album with her first record, Take Me As I Am. Two number ones, three top tens, born in Mississippi, Warner Brothers record label. Faith Hill, huge star in 1995. And I remember when her first video came out, gorgeous. All the boys loved her and all the women wanted to be like her. Miss Faith Hill. All right. And so next for 1995's top 50 stars that we're going to go over this week, one of my favorites, a Cajun guy, Sammy Kershaw. Sammy Kershaw, that driven, dedicated Cajun spiced singer from Louisiana, enjoyed a summer hotter than an explosion at a Tabasco sauce plant, and he's ready for a fiery autumn. He started off the summer by announcing to his fans at Fanfare, I'm going to run for governor of Louisiana one of these days. If a straw poll had been taken at Fanfare, there would be a Governor Kershaw in the Bayou State's future as long as he keeps on singing. Sammy's heavy, Sammy's heavy touring schedule includes 30 concerts with Travis Tritt, through November. Wow, what a show that would have been. What a tour that would have been back in 1995 to see Sammy and Travis Tritt on the road together. Huh. Takes you back, doesn't it? Sammy's heavy, uh, excuse me, I just said that. Um, his greatest hits album hit record store September 5th titled The Hits, Chapter 1. The Mercury Records album features Sammy's chart toppers. She don't know she's beautiful. I can't reach her anymore. National Working Woman's Holiday. And as an added bonus, the hits offers up your tattoo, supported by one of the fall's funniest new videos. Sammy won't slow down until the end of the year when he can pursue some of his favorite pursuits, riding his Harley, bobbing in his bobcat over his property near Nashville, painting landscapes, welding in his workshop, and donning an apron in the kitchen while cooking such Cajun delights as crawfish. To be a man in Louisiana... You've got to know how to cook. Advised, the Queen of My Double Wide Trailer singer. That's probably that song, Queen of My Double Wide Trailer, is definitely a signature signature song for Sammy that he still sings today at his shows. If Sammy gets elected as Louisiana governor, you can bet that more than politics will be cooked up at an executive mansion in Baton Rouge. During the, during the Kershaw administration, state dinners will probably start with gumbo. Peak with Jambalaya and end with the song. <laughs> he had a gold album at this point, Feeling Good Train, and two platinum records, Haunted Heart and Don't Go Near the Water. One number one song, Seven Top Tens, born in 1958 in Louisiana. He was with Mercury Nashville at the time. His newest album at this point was the hits, Chapter One. I love reading these artists and reading about these artists because... They are straight up, I mean, because each one I've read about, they're talking about platinum and gold records. Artists today, guys, you don't really hear that. 
You don't hear that as much. This was a focus in the 90s. When, whenever you heard platinum recording artists or gold recording artists, so-and-so, that was a huge deal. That was a huge deal for the artists back then. And even fans understood what it meant. It was a, it was a big thing to, 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 to use those words in your conversations with talking about country music artists. The next top 50 artists. One of my, oh man, I, I guess he's probably one of my top 10 favorite 90s artists of all time. Tracy Lawrence. A gold heart and platinum albums. The numbers don't lie, particularly in the case of Tracy Lawrence. In just slightly more than four years, Tracy has had 12 top 10 singles, which is huge, and a pair of platinum albums. Now, number one's number one singles are huge, but to have top 10 singles, that's that's big as well. Uh, not every song goes number one, just a handful. He's currently at work on his new album release, which will no doubt keep the string going. It's already been a, sp a spectacular run for such a young artist, but Tracy, who will turn 28 in January, is no stranger to hard work. In addition to doing more than 150 concerts a year, he remains committed to several outside activities. He conducts an annual golf tournament. Man, I'm telling you, these artists had some golf tournaments, didn't they? Uh, for charity, and always participates in the City of Hope Celebrity Softball Challenge during Nashville's Fanfare Week. Now, when I, I've said it already, Fanfare Week is actually CMA Fest. That's a, it, it evolved into uh, a name change, which is now CMA Fest. Tracy was also one of the first country artists to speak out about the AIDS virus. If I could just get a couple of hours sleep, I'd be real happy, he commented recently. I just got through doing some truck commercials for Chevy down in Dallas. And I started working on the new album in July. There's no daylight for a while. Tracy's own light continues to shine because of his ability to deliver any type of song, whether it's a rousing rocker like If the Good Die Young or a tender ballad on the order of Texas Tornado. Y'all remember those songs? I don't ever want to settle for good songs, he said. I want to have great songs. So far, he's made good on that promise. Uh, and that's true. Man, Tracy had so many huge hits in the 90s. And that success carried on into the early 2000s as well with the hit Find Out Who Your Friends Are, one of my favorite uh, songs with Tim McGraw, Kenny Chesney, who are two of his uh, really close friends. At this point in 95, he had won an ACM award for the 1992's New, New Male Vocalist of the Year. He had a gold album with I See It Now, platinum albums, Alibis and Sticks and Stones, Six number one songs, 12 top tens, born in 1968 in Atlanta, Texas. His label this year was Atlantic Records. His new album, Tracy Lawrence, Live and Unplugged. I remember that record as well. It was, it was a really good album. Uh, he sang his hits, Live and Unplugged. One of my favorite uh, artists, no doubt. Now, the next two artists are two female artists, and that's where we're going to round off. Uh, we're going to end our uh, show today. Uh, my when people ask me who my favorite female artists of all time are, I have three, I guess, that my, are my go-tos that I think are the, the best of the best of the 90s. That's uh, Tanya Tucker, Patti Loveless, and Winona. And so these three females were uh, three of the best, the biggest selling uh, acts out at that time. Uh, of course, Tanya had come out in the late 70s with Delta Dawn. She had a string of hits in the 80s, uh, but she really uh, just, I'm telling you, was red hot in the 90s. 
But Red Hot describes Patty Loveless. Auburn-crested torch singer Patty Loveless has remained a favorite of young and old country fans alike due to her undying commitment to connecting with people's moments of doubt, loss, and exhilaration. She cuts to the emotional core. Whether she's singing a tough-as-nails, up-tempo number such as her number one, smash hit, blame it on your heart, or a wrenching, rip-your-heart-out ballad like Here I Am, two incredible songs, Patty has remained on top by repeatedly, by repeatedly turning her heart inside out to help people. It doesn't matter who you are, she explained. We all have loves and passions we can't run from, yet we can't help but try. And it isn't always a person either. That's what I'd like to do, she continued. I'd like to sing songs that are country and that reach out to people. I know how much music has motivated me and gotten me through the rough spots. People have been so wonderful to me over the years, and I'd like to give back to them. Making a difference in people's lives, even if I never get to meet them or spend a lot of time with them, that's the best part of being an artist. With her current Epic Records album, When Fallen Angels Fly, already certified gold, Patty has proven that no matter what she's singing, people will listen. The longer I do this, the harder the songs hit me, and I think the people who come to the shows feel it too. They feel they know me from the songs, so they open up and tell me their stories. There's no greater compliment in this world. Now, when this came out, let me explain something to you. She was already a big star. She'd already had many hits. Uh, three number ones, 16 top 10 singles. But after When Fallen Angels Fly, that was her current album that year, that's when it really hit big. And the, the albums coming after that sold millions of records. And she was winning CMA Female Vocalist of the Year and just touring like crazy. So this is just like, she'd already been out for a while. Um, but I'm telling you, after 95 and on through the rest of the 90s, she was the female artist. Uh, one of the biggest female artists. And she was just, she was huge. I, I can't explain that enough how big she got after this magazine article came out. Uh, she had a platinum album out at this point, Only What I Feel, two gold records, Honky Tonk Angel and When Fallen Angels Fly, which was her current one at this time. 1989, she won the TNN Music City News Country Awards for Star of Tomorrow, and in 1990, she won Female Artist of the Year at the TNN Music City News Country Awards. Um, she's married to Emery Gordy Jr., and to this day, they are still married. Kathy Matea, we're going to end the show with Kathy Matea. Careers flying strictly first class. The frost isn't on the pumpkin pumpkin yet. The frost isn't on the pumpkin yet. Sorry. But Kathy Matea is in a holiday kind of spirit, knowing what's coming up for her this year. In support of her Grammy award-winning Christmas album, Good News, the Mercury Records artist will kick off a Christmas season tour. Six performances at the, um, I'm sorry, with a December 6th performance at the historic St. Anne's Cathedral in New York City. Two nights later, she takes her tour to the U.S. Naval Academy in Maryland. But Kathy will have to go far to top her summer highlight performing before President Bill Clinton and First Lady Hillary Clinton at the White House. So she was uh, she performed at the White House earlier this year. 
in 95. Joining her was Susie Boggs and Allison Krauss. Kathy wowed the first family during the concert, taped by PBS for a special titled In Performance at the White House, Women of Country, which will air the week of September 27th. So it hadn't aired yet is when this article came out. After the show, President Clinton invited the stars and their crews to join the first family for a personal tour of the private quarters of the White House. Such respect comes courtesy of the attention garnered for Walking Away a Winner, which became one of Kathy's best and most applauded albums. That was a great record. I had it. Plus, she's garnered respect for her continued heavy involvement with projects and benefits supporting such causes causes as AIDS awareness and breast cancer awareness. Kathy also found time to host the first annual Country in the Rockies weekend, benefiting the Francis Williams Preston Research Laboratories at the Vanderbilt Cancer Center. The star-studded event took Kathy and her singer-songwriting husband, John Vesner, back to the Crested Colorado, Crested Butt, Colorado, that's the town, the site of their honeymoon. Once again, Kathy walked away a winner. And the, the magazine article that I'm reading, it's, uh, it's faded so much, that's why I was having trouble reading it, but I hope you got the point. Uh, she was a big star, man. I'm telling you, CMA Awards, 1989 and 1999. In 1990, she was the Female Vocalist of the Year. 1998, CMA Single of the Year. ACM Awards, 1988 Single of the Year. 1988 Song of the Year. 1989 Top Female Vocalist of the Year. And 1989 Song of the Year. Grammy Awards, 1990 Best Country Vocal Performance by Female. And 1993 Best Bluegrass Gospel Album. Gold Albums, Time Passes By, Lonesome Standard Time, great album by the way, Untasted Honey, Platinum Albums, A Collection of Hits, Four Number Ones, 16 Top Tens, Born in West Virginia, she was on Mercury Nashville Records that year in 95. And that rounds out uh, our Top 50 Stars, Part 1 on Throwback Country Music Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you were taken back when I uh, when I would say an artist and talk about some of their songs. I hope it took you back to 1995, to a more simpler time, to a, to a time where we could listen to country radio and love what we were listening to. You feel me? Be sure you hit that subscribe button on Throwback Country Music Podcast. It's real easy, and it's absolutely free. So right where you are, look at your phone. If you're on that phone, click subscribe. It's that easy. Thank you so much for doing that. It helps the podcast continue to grow. Please tell your friends about us. Let your friends know that, hey, there's a podcast, and it's free, where this guy interviews the biggest stars and legends from the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Tell people. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash throwback country music. You can also check me out on Instagram, Twitter, and my own Facebook page. Each one of them is Britt Jones Music, B-R-I-T-J-O-N-E-S, Music. Throwbackcountrymusicpodcast.com. Go back, listen to any episodes that you've missed. One episode I recommend you listening to would be Carlene Carter, the stepdaughter of Johnny Cash and the daughter of country music superstar June Carter Cash. Now, I hope you have a great week. I'll be back here next Sunday for part two of 1995's Top 50 Music Artists. I hope it takes you back just like it does me. God bless you. See you soon.